services that are available such as online banking, freedom checking, 24-hour bank line. You can phone 1-800-992-7059. And we are an equal housing lender. Southern Heritage Bank promises prompt services without unnecessary hassle. Come in. Let us service your banking need. Again, that all-important phone number is 318-561-2227. Thank you for tuning in for today's message with Reverend Larry R. Turner. If you would like a copy of today's message, you can contact the church office at 318-443-8715 to purchase a CD for only a $7 donation. Always remember, it's worth a trip to come and visit Christian Love Baptist Church, 3515 Hudson Boulevard, Alexandria, Louisiana. Welcome to Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper Jr. is pastor and spirit coach. We are located at 2840 Hollywood Avenue. We live in victory every day, believing in God. If you're interested in joining us in worship, we worship every Sunday at 1030. Bible study Tuesday at 630 and Wednesday at noon. We have a mentoring program if you're interested in mentoring young people at Warner Park Elementary School on Thursdays at 1230. Here at Hollywood, we believe that the loving is oh so good, so we're reaching out to the Shreveport community and the overall Louisiana community with a message of love, a message of hope, a message of encouragement. Listen now to a recent broadcast by Hollywood Presbyterian Church and Liz Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper is pastor. Listen while you still can hear. Listen while you still can hear the master's calling. The master's calling. Bow down. to take a little mental journey with me for just a few moments, if you will. And as you do this, I want you to think back on a trip that you may have taken by car. Is there anybody here who has ever been on a long car ride? If you have been a part of church and life for more than uh, 50 or 60 years and you can remember when you had to drive from the south to the north before the civil rights era had fully kicked in, you probably know about some trips that were very, very long and there were not a lot of places where you could stop. Remember packing the fried chicken for the car ride. 
So if you're on this trip with me, you can sit and find yourself mentally in that car and you can smell the chicken. And if you are a modern day a long rider, you can probably smell the crackers and all the other stuff that they have. You can smell the Fritos. Uh, you, you might be able to smell the Hershey's chocolate bar or the payday bar. Or if you like me, you like Reese's uh, and Bikini Reese's with the thick uh, peanut butter in the middle. Yes, if you're like me, you've been on that car ride and just feel it and feel yourself on the ride and feel the bumps on the ride. Are you with me? Uh, you, you feel, they see the signs going by as you continue to progress on. You can probably hear the radio playing and you might have on Aretha, you might have on James Brown, uh, you might have on Summer Breeze Makes Me Feel Fine. You, you, might, you might be with the Isley Brothers or... or, or, or Oh, okay, maybe, okay, maybe you just, maybe you got James Cleveland on. Uh, uh, you know, maybe, yeah, for the church folk. Uh, um, <laughs> you just, for the truly, truly holy folk, you, you, you were riding along with, with James Cleveland or James Big Nine playing on the other side of through. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> but oh, that's, <laughs> if you're riding, with children, you can probably hear the child in the car ask the question incessantly. What question is that child asking? Are we there yet? I, I think you're with me now. We're riding along, and as fate would have it, we reach that spot that called a rest area, and we realize we need to take a break. We need to pull over so we can look for a rest area. And when we get to the rest area, we're finally able to get out and stretch our legs just a little bit. It's a rest area. And we're able probably to get a little food, maybe from the vending machine, or if it's really one of those fancy rest areas, they got little restaurants and things where you can buy stuff with. I mean, you can stay at that rest area for quite a little while. And if you really like it, anybody who's been on the long car ride, you are able, even though you might not be a plumber, you're able to investigate indoor plumbing. Amen. We're at the rest area. And as good as this rest stop is, as many amenities as this rest stop may offer, sooner or later, we come to the realization that the rest stop was not our end destination. We realize that we are at a rest stop, but we're not where we are ultimately going. We've stopped for a moment. And so I stopped by today to say, on the celebration of the anniversary of 61 years of doing ministry as a church. And for those of us who have not necessarily been associated with Hollywood all 61 years, for any part of your own personal spiritual journey, we are where we are today, but where we are today is not a landing pad. Where we are today is a launching pad. It is not just a rest area. If it is that we are resting we are not resting for the sake of resting and becoming restless if it is that we are resting we are resting for a reason we celebrate here today where we have been but we realize we must not 
settle here. Just because we have stopped, we must not become stagnant. Just because we got here, our current location is not our ultimate destination. Today, I am encouraging us to turn this in from this landing strip into a launching pad. Today, I am encouraging us to remember that the God who has brought us this far is not done with us yet. Now, 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 somebody here may be waxing nostalgic, and that happens, and you can probably remember some of the founding members of Hollywood Heights. You can see their smile. Can't, can't you see them? We lit a candle for them. You can remember some of their names. You can remember the impact that they have had on your life, and members who have been in the life of Hollywood for a number of years, you can think about them. You hear their smile. You can you can taste the special meals that they used to make. Oh, come on, somebody knows somebody who had a special food that they they made, and 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 every every found every founders day every every um every year um you were able to taste because you knew they were going to make it every time the church had a eating. You knew what they were going to make because that was their special. Uh, 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 maybe you can remember the songs that they played or the song that they used to sing and, and you can remember him and you say, oh man, oh, I, can, I remember how he used to sing this. I remember how she used to play that. I remember how he used to do that. I remember a scent. I remember a sound. I remember the way they used to look. I remember the way they made me feel when I was in their presence. Sometimes when we get to these anniversaries, we like to reminisce and remember where we have been. And, 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 and if you remember and stay there too long, somebody might say, oh, Lord, why can't we bring back the good old days? And anniversaries are a time for remembering, but they are also a time for reviving. It is not simply about remembering where we have been. It is being revived so we can get where we must go. As good as it is for us to be here today, 61 years, this is not the end. This day, we can rejoice and revive. This day, we can reflect and resurrect. This day, we can land and launch all at the same time. Now, our text from Isaiah is written to a people in a difficult time of their life. The Israelite community is in exile, or some will say about to go into exile. They, they've been away from home, and they're longing for a peace of mind. Anybody been away from home for a long period of time? Anybody remember somebody may have gone off to college and you remember that first semester? That first semester of college is probably the longest semester ever. I mean, you can probably sit there and remember the car driving off when mama and daddy or auntie, big mama, somebody dropped you off. And you look at that car riding down the road and you realize going to be a long time for another home-cooked meal. Going to be a minute before I get to have mama's macaroni and cheese. Going to be a minute 
before I get to have some of that good old dressing. And, and probably about week one or week two, it is the longest week of your life. I mean, you are acclimating yourself to dormitory food, to, to college food. And, and the food is not always that good. Now, maybe you went to HBCU and the food was really good. Maybe right there when you went to Grambling or you went to Southern or you may have gone to Dillard or you might have gone to Xavier. Maybe the food was good there, but where I went to school. The, the, the food industry was held by Saga, and, and Saga was the acronym, and we said that was Soviet's attempt to gag America because it was just nasty. It just, was, it just wasn't good. And then they would try to tell you that you can't even have uh, in your dormitory room, you can't have a hot plate. And you couldn't have microwave ovens. Well, back then, they really had too many microwave ovens. Uh, <laughs> However, it, 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 that, that moment in which you realize that it's going to be a while before you get back to normal is one of those moments that seems very difficult. They're, this is where the Israelite community is. They are away from home. They're away from the familiar things that they have seen. They're not even in their own house. They're houses that they built with their hard-earned hard -earned money and hard-worked energy has now been occupied by somebody else. Think about how that feels. Somebody comes to your house in the morning and says, it's time for you to go. Yeah. Your house <laughs> that you work for. Yeah. Your house that you've been paying the mortgage on. Your house that you have had those memories in your house, that you can remember how that dent got in the wall, your house, where you can remember how, the, how that little spot got on the floor, your house, the one that you've been living in, now somebody comes into your house and says, this ain't your house no more. You know, the old song, you say, love don't live here anymore. They come to you and tell you, you don't live here anymore. This is what has happened to the Israelite community. They have been moved out out of their house, removed, and they have been gone for almost 50 years. I think about that. They have been gone for 50 years or more, exiled. So now when they think of home, first of all, the oldest parts of the members have died off. The people who probably built the house no longer here. So all they have is the memories that they have passed on to their children. So if you can imagine what it feels like to be the second generation of a people who have been kicked out, thrown out, and have no real sense of how they're going to get back. But every time mama and daddy would talk about is, oh, when we can get back home. And so Isaiah addresses this word, this portion of the book of Isaiah, which is the second portion of Isaiah. You have chapters 1 through 39, which is the first Isaiah. And then the second Isaiah deals with a whole nother portion or period in time in the Israelite community. Some would call it Deutero-Isaiah if you just happen to be a Bible scholar. I just call it the second part of Isaiah because that's what Deutero means, double Deutero. So it's the second part of Isaiah which deals with them in exile. And the writer is coming and starting that with chapter 40. And chapter 40 gives a wonderful overview of what is about to continue on in the book. Hear, O Israel, that the Lord your God is one. It starts out in chapter, in verse 1, by comfort, comfort my people. Now, what kind of people need comforting? People who are in turmoil. 
Maybe somebody here has been in turmoil. And you're all in a personal life right now. You are struggling with some unknown things that are going on. You're trying to figure out you, you, every month you look and you have more month than you have money. So you're, you're cutting out this bill so you can pay that bill this month. And you say, well, they won't cut it off if I pay just a little bit on it. So I'm going to pay a little bit on it this month and then maybe I have a little more next month. You keep hoping that next month you're going to have some more, but you don't have another job. Or maybe you're living on a fixed income and everything about your income is fixed, but everything about your bills is not fixed. You, you see, sometimes the electricity bill seems to have a bump that you don't even know how in the heaven, the heaven or heck that ever happened. Where in the world did that come from? You, you realize, you're saying, wait a minute, why did my medicines go up? So now you're sitting there making that difficult decision. Am I going to get all of my medicine or am I going to take part of my medicine so it lasts a little bit longer? Anybody here going through some life situations? And as you go through these life situations, you are in, in line like the Israelite community to hear the words comfort, comfort my people. That God is still actively involved in your life. So verse 27 says, why are you saying that God has forsaken us? Why are you thinking that God has forgotten about us? Now that's kind of a silly question. Because you know why, I say, why they're saying that. Because they're broke. Because they're in exile, because they don't have creature comfort, because they are outside of where they want to be. It's easy to think that God has forgotten about you when you're on the outside. Easy to believe that suddenly, where, where are you, God? 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 I, I thought I was your boy. I thought we were good, God. I did the things you told me to do. I tried to preach. I tried to teach. I tried to sing. Whenever the church doors are open, I was right there opening them. I was there, God. Tell me why am I going through what I'm going through? How did it happen to me? I mean, it wasn't. It, this is me. See, when everything is going easy, you don't go through those thoughts. You, you, I mean, you got food, you, you got loved ones all around, mama's still living, daddy's still living, might even still have grandmama still living. I mean, you, you, I mean, I mean think of oh, you, everything is wonderful, everything is lovely, but when it starts to not be so much, because everybody living is dying. Everyone that you know will one day be dead, and the older you get, the more dead people you know. So when you start counting the roll inside your head, you're starting to say, whoa, wait a minute. They're all the people that you used to count on, the people that you depended on, the people that you drew your strength from, they may no longer be there, but you are still here. The reality is if God wanted you, God knew where you were. God can find you young or old. When it's time to go, got to go, got to go. But because God chose not to take you, it is because he, God is working to make you into something more. And there are some things, and this is hard to say, hard is, and, and hard, but hopefully prayerfully not heartless. There are things that you may never be able to experience yourself as long as you have your safety nets. There are areas and avenues of what God can do that cannot be experienced when, when you got a silver spoon in your mouth. Yeah. 
It is oftentimes not until you have to deal with tragedy, when you have to deal with difficulty, when you have to deal with an illness that you can't point to how it happened, when you have to deal with living life without some of your support systems, when you have to deal with going through, it is then that you realize that God is with you even then. Oh, that, that's, that, that's, that, that's a word right there. Even then, not just when everything is great, but in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the trying times, that's when God manifests God's self. And here we are today, like the Israelite community going through, going through challenges, going through upside, up, upside down ideologies and thoughts going on, being out of our comfort zone, feeling lost and almost insignificant, feeling overlooked, overworked and underpaid, feeling taken for, feeling like we've been taken for granted, feeling like nobody knows the troubles I have seen is not always the most comfortable position and the church today is not in a comfortable position. Yeah, we've been here 61 years, but we're in a church, we are a church in a time when churches are considered played out by a current generation. In churches today, right now in Shreveport, Louisiana, and all over the United States, there are more empty seats than there are field seats. Now, praise God for the potter's house. And praise God for West Angeles Church of God in Christ. And praise God for some of these super uh, house of hope and all some of these mega, mega ministries and huge churches. But I can let you know right now, if you look, there are more empty seats on Sundays than there are field seats. Being a church in this day and age is causing churches to make critical decisions. There are closed churches right now. They say over over, I think, about 100 churches close a week across the country. Churches close. This, this is it. We can't go no further. We're part of a denomination. And I, I share it and never with joy or glee, but with reality. A denomination that in 1950 had 6 million members. Amen. In 2017, it has one Point eight million every year for the last 50 or 60 years the Presbyterian Church has lost 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 40 to 50,000 members a year if you want to put it in perspective in four years the Presbyterian Church has lost the city of Shreveport which has about 200,000 people in it so in just four years, you can imagine the entire population of a city being gone. That's how many people have been lost. And yet we are still here. Amen. And here, as I say, is not a landing pad and landing strip. Oh, yeah, we can land here. And we can sit and celebrate all 61 years and all the things that happened over 61 years. We can sit and say, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord for all you've done, Lord. And we can just sit and go and eat and have some good food. Oh, yeah, food is ready, so I ain't going to keep it too much longer. Um, yes, I mean, go and eat some good food, talk, flap our gums, go home and act like nothing is still on the horizon. That's a landing strip. We will have landed. But a launch pad says, I'm not satisfied 
just being here. I, I'm not satisfied just looking back where we have been. I'm not satisfied just thanking God for what God has done. I'm looking forward to thank God for what God is doing. You see, as long as God is doing, God is active. As long as we're able to see God actively working in our life, we know that we will live until we die. And if we die, we will nobly die. We will not die like hogs peered in an inglorious spot, just waiting for the axe to fall. If we die, it will be called, it will be because we were working to live. We were giving our all. We said, Lord, for you I live, and if you and need be for you, I am willing to die. That's a launching pad. See, launching pass says we start thinking a different way. We start thinking about, oh, now how can we save all our money? We think about how can we spend all our money to build the kingdom. Somebody said, well, that's bad business, Pastor. Maybe. But I walk by faith and not by sight. I believe that what God has for us is so much more than what God has given us that if all we do is want to hoard what God has given us, we'll miss what God can do for us. Our hands closed, God can't put nothing in a closed hand. But when you start opening your hands, opening your heart, looking for ways to bless people, look, I mean, aggressively looking to bless somebody. Oh, can I bless you? How, how can I bless you? Can I bless you today? How can I bless you today? How can I bless you today? How can I bless you today? You need some blessing? Let me go bless you. When you start looking for blessings, you're on a launching pad. Why? Because you're opening up your heart. You're opening up your life. You're opening up your mind. And God then starts pouring out because he said, I see you. I see you working to be faithful. I see what you're doing with what I gave you. You see, you're you, you, you using it. Now, you got two choices. You can use it. Or you can wait for a rainy day. But if you don't know it's raining right now, the society in which we live in, young men killing young girls out there, oh my God, I cannot even tell you all of the social, sociological things that are going on in our world. We have to understand now is the time to do something. The only guarantee I can give you is this. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and... Now, I can guarantee you that. And I'm guaranteeing you that not because I wrote it, but because God inspired it to be written, and I'm just reading it. I am, I am not making the news. I'm, the, I'm throwing the newspaper. That's the news. I'm just throwing the paper. You can read it. I didn't write it. I'm just saying it's right there. Now, the cool thing about it, if you looked and understood Hebrew poetry, of which this is part of Hebrew poetry, anytime you see a triad of things, it has a meaning. And the triad, they had to wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, and walk and not faint. Now, when you look at it, the way it, the, in weight of importance, the first thing is least important, the middle thing is a little more important, and the last thing is most important. Amen. But when you think about it logically, wouldn't you think that the best thing would be to mount up with wings as eagles? If you were writing it, you would say the best thing that we can look forward to is mounting up with wings as eagles. I mean, all oh, many a preacher like to go home on that one. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. I mean, they'll be fly away, I fly away. Uh, and we're talking about how fly away some glad morning, mount up with wings as eagles. Now, I mean, that's, that's, that seems like the most glorious possibility, but that's not how the writer lays it out. 
The writer lays that as, yeah, that's valuable, but even more valuable is running and not getting weary. But even more valuable than running and not getting weary is walking and not fainting. If you don't know this, let me tell you, you can go further walking than you can running. Now, you can go faster running, but you can go further walking. Uh, anybody ever done a marathon, half marathon, anytime, you can go further if you just walk. You can walk all day. You can walk as long as you got a little bit of energy to put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes what I understand the scripture to be saying is as long as you can walk, walk. As long as you got just a little bit of something, do the little bit of something that you can do with what you got. Pop what you got. God is saying, I want you to use it or lose it. Run and not get weary. Walk and not faint. Walk and not faint. Walk and not faint. You can use that as a declaration to yourself. Walk and not faint. Now, walking don't mean you got two legs to keep walking. Walking means keep on moving. Keep on moving. Keep on moving, launch pad. 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 God's got something that you can't reach if you keep on sitting on your assets. But as long as you sit there and don't move, you miss what God has for you. But if you keep on pressing, you'll reach your blessing. And the blessing that God has for you is so much more and better than what you have already received that all the stuff you're going through now wait, wait, just wanes in comparison to what God has for you. I just want to know, is there somebody here who is ready to see what God has for them? I want to know, is there somebody here who says, yeah, Lord, I thank you for 61 years in the past, but I'm not going to drive with looking in the rearview mirror. I'm going to drive looking forward. I'm looking to where you're taking me, God, because I know where you lead me, you will feed me. And what you feed me, I will take it in, and it will make me stronger. It will make me better. Yes, I might have some heartache. Yes, I got to cry myself to sleep sometimes. Yes, I got some aches and pains in my body. But you know what? I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on pressing because God has something for me. God has something for you, my, my sisters and my brothers. God has something good for Hollywood. And what God has for Hollywood